Are you feeling jealous? How can you deal with it becoming without becoming like this? This, by the way, is the Internet uh, Inter Revolutionary Radio with Beth Green and James Maynard, your co-host. And we're going to be talking about jealousy today. Most of us have felt jealous. We've wanted someone else's looks, power, success, talent, money, influence, position, even their mate. And others have felt jealous of us. Jealousy hurts everybody, including those who are jealous. It directs negative energy toward its target, which can impact them emotionally and spiritually. And sometimes it turns into real damaging behavior, gossip, undermining, or even worse. Sometimes we act out of jealousy but don't even realize it. Sometimes we're impacted by others' jealousy but are blind to it. Let's overcome jealousy. Host Beth Green is going to help us see how. Let's talk about it. Why do we feel jealous? What can we do about it? How can we protect ourselves from it? Call in if you can and take advantage of Beth's uncanny ability to help us see and free ourselves from jealousy. But even if you can't call in live, tune in anyway and benefit from the discussion and the experiences of others. What's the antidote to, to jealousy? So stay tuned and find out. Ooh, doesn't that sound like something, huh? I'm going to give the antidote to jealousy. I'm sure you've been all waiting for this show with bated breath. So what we're going to do, James, is you're going to give them the phone number, right? So do you have it with you? Not just this minute, no. Okay, We had a few technical problems getting on the show today, so if we sound a little bit more discombobulated than usual, uh, well, that's just par for the course around here anyway. So anyway, welcome everybody. I really have been looking forward to this topic. Now, you may be wondering, where is the news of the inner revolution? And, um, you know, I don't know what to say. Have you been following the news? Probably. Uh, If you are a supporter of the current administration, you may be jumping up and down with joy and feeling like, oh, this is really too cool. And if you are not a supporter of the policies of the current administration, your stomach is turning upside down and you're horrified and you may be in the street. So what the big news is, is that people are activated. I mean, I don't have to tell you that there's been a ban on Muslim travel and immigration and there have been executive orders about building walls against, yeah, and there is a a number of things going on. I mean, it just seems like every time you turn around, there's regulations that have to be removed and uh, there's a lot going on. And there's a lot of people upset about everything. And then there's a a lot of people jumping up and down for joy. So now, how do we reconcile the fact that some of the people are really happy and are excited and feeling optimistic and others of us are feeling terrible and pessimistic? So, you know, I am going to get to the subject of jealousy in a minute. But what I want to say is we at Interrevolutionary Radio actually believe that we can unite. And that we're going to be able to unite around principles instead of policies. And that is what the inner revolution is all about. So we're going to be doing that um, next week. In fact, I'm going to be a guest on Interrevolutionary Radio. And we're going to be talking about all that kind of thing. Because whether you're ecstatic or you're miserable, you can't miss 
the amount of stress and upset in the nation today, and how are we going to move forward? You know, insurrection has been in the air, whether you were a trumpeter or you're a, you know, a Bernie person or whatever. There's been a lot of insurrection, but is there ever going to be a revolution? And for that, we really need to get together and and start fighting for something we can all agree on. So I now see that we have already a caller. James, uh, can you give us the... Um, the phone number? Yes. I'll be glad to. Uh, if you have a question or a comment, please call us at one 866 472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Okay, so we've got Christine in San Diego. She Yay. is making a comment or asking a question, and so I don't have to make my spiel yet. Oh, you can make your spiel first if you would like to. I'm just excited I get to listen live today. I don't have any uh, context from work. Um, And uh, what an interesting topic, jealousy. Well, I think it is an interesting topic. And I am somebody who has had the experience of jealousy, of course, on both sides. And it's a very painful thing. So let me just say a few words about jealousy. And, um, you know, there's a, a strict meaning of the word jealousy, like, Oh, if I'm married to to Christine, for example, I'm jealous of her, meaning I want to guard her, or I'm jealous of my gold, or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm actually like hoarding or wanting to keep for myself something that I have. And that has always been what I believe to be the, the, the meaning of jealousy. But, and then envy was if you wanted something that belonged to somebody else. But what I've noticed in the colloquial language is that people use the word pretty interchangeably. Mm-hmm. When you say, oh, I'm jealous of you, that doesn't mean that I'm jealously guarding you for myself. It means no, like, I envy you. move over, bitch. You're in my way. And <laughs> you've got my stuff. So uh, that's the meaning of jealousy that I would like to focus on. You know, that it's the wanting something that somebody has or you think they have or... Th- that they're lo- more likely to get than you are and all of that kind of good stuff. So anyway, okay, so now you can ask me a question even though I haven't said much. Okay. Um, I don't know that I have a clearly articulated question yet, but I was thinking of jealousy in the way you're talking about it as envy, I guess. Yeah. And I have it on both sides too. Like I am jealous of other people's time, Um, I mean, I've been jealous of other people for everything, from the way they look to what they have to who they're with to, you know. um, But one of the things, I don't seem to mind that, you know, even though I may not feel that all the time, if it does come up, I don't seem to mind it as much as I'm like, nobody should ever be jealous of me for anything. (laughs) It's a one-sided, uh, a one-way street, huh? Exactly, yes. So, um, you know, one of the things that we're going to talk about today is why are we jealous and what is the antidote to it? So, uh, why don't you ask me those questions? Okay, why are we jealous and what is the antidote to it? Why are we jealous? That's because we're dissatisfied. Mm-hmm. 
You know, if we were not dissatisfied, we would not be jealous. Yeah. You know, if, if we felt nurtured and uh, by our lives, if we felt satisfied with ourselves, why would we be jealous? Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've owned homes where I felt extremely happy. I felt very nurtured by the environment, mm. and I was really, really happy. And so then I saw people who had bigger homes or more modern homes or more fancy homes or, you know, whatever, fancy or Delancey homes. I, but I really didn't care because I yeah. did not want their home. I wanted yeah. my home. That's so good because... Um the last home we were in, I can remember seeing other homes and wishing I had those homes. And uh, you're right. Since we moved into the home we're in now, I I could walk into, like, a palace and not blink an eye. Like, I wouldn't want it. There's nothing. I could be on the beach, even, which I love, and I don't want it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So once, uh, once you realize that the core of jealousy is mm. dissatisfaction with who you are or what you have, right. which is, a, a, you know, then the solution, the antidote is to embrace your life. Uh, that's really great because I can even think of like cars. There used to be cars that I think I'd want or, um, and right now we have a, a minivan that's like um, from 2005 yes. and, um, you know, a Forester, which both of which I love. Yes. And there's no car you could offer me that I would want. Right. 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 So Until, I'm just saying, I guess I'm just making your point. Like, I, yes. can, I can relate both to the times when I wanted something else and, and not wanting something else because I'm happy with what I have. That's right. Yeah. So that, that means that we have to look at why we are unhappy. If we are feeling jealousy, why are we unhappy with what we have? Is it there? Is there something wrong with what we have? And if so, mm-hmm. can we put our energy into doing something about it rather than coveting what somebody else has? Mm-hmm. Or if there really isn't anything wrong with it, why are we unhappy? See what it what so much of this revolves around is the acknowledgement of that our life is about finding that which fits us. Mm-hmm. So let's say. I'm I'm going to take an example, which it may sound a little silly, but let's say you're a size 16 mm-hmm. and you have a size 16 suit and mm-hmm. it really suits you. And I didn't mean that as a pun. It really suits you well <laughs> and you look beautiful mm-hmm. and you're happy and you're comfortable when you're like, oh, yes, you know, this is me. Now, if you are and you look at a woman who's wearing a size two, you're not going to be thinking, I wish I had that suit because it wouldn't fit you. Right. You would put that suit over one toe and it would not be comfortable. Right? Yeah. And so so then what is the point of being jealous of that size 2 suit that would not suit you at all or mm-hmm. something that is a color that looks gorgeous on somebody who's dark-skinned and sultry, you know, versus something that looks good on a washed-out-looking brunette who's old. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's really knowing yourself Mm -hmm. and being willing to get the things that suit you rather than look at things that may have uh, value in the world, like ego value. Like, oh, yeah, this is uh, great because uh, she's wearing 
I don't even know. Is Ar- Armani? That's for men, right? So, and I don't know. Name no, some. Armani for women too. Oh, yeah. there is. Okay. So you know, you look at this person who's has an Armani suit, and and she, and it's perfect for business. I don't mm-hmm. even know if Armani suits are perfect, but you get my drift, right? I get it, yes. Right. Okay. So you get an Armani suit that's perfect for business. Now, would you be would be you be jealous of that suit if you didn't ever leave the house to go to work? No. No. <laughs> it would be kind of ridiculous, right? No, but if you secretly were discontent that you weren't out working. Exactly. You would. You, but that would be the opportunity to look at why are you feeling that way. It's not just the Armani suit, but it may be what it represents. Exactly. Maybe you think that that other woman is more powerful or that she's more self-expressed or she's making more money. But even when you look at people who make more money, you know, and do you really, do you need to make more money? And some people really need more money because they can't get health care, they can't have decent housing, or, or are they thinking they need more money because somebody told them that, you know, that they need gold, that they need, uh, you know, it's no longer fur coats. You can see that I was born before 1950s, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, where that was meaningful, you know, fur coats and diamond rings. You know, do you really need a, a yacht when you get seasick? You, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? What is oh, like, totally. what do you, so what do you really, really need for yeah. you? the person who you are, which all comes down to true self-acceptance and self-love and feeling whether your right, your life is right for you. And how many of us have chosen to do things that maybe didn't make as much money because they felt more satisfying to us? So then if we do make that choice, would we be jealous of other people's money or things or houses? No. I have two two thoughts that have come to mind, but I, if okay, you have other James, callers, I... Well, we don't have any other callers yet, but James, do you want to... Oh, yes, we have another caller, but we, we have a little bit of time. James, well, if you want to uh, hop on... Yeah, I, did, I do have a follow-up question. So, supposing you're a person who is very overweight, and, and so the size 16 is all you can do, uh, and everybody rejects you because of the social standards of uh, being overweight, around being overweight... How do you then cultivate oh, the self-worth and self-esteem and self-satisfaction in the face of all of that? Well, that's such a good question. But see, you should be, I, this is something that I've always felt about food. And I swore that I was going to do another show about food. By the mm-hmm. way, I've been much better about my food since we did that New Year's show. <laughs> uh, and by the way, speaking of New Year's, has Madame Mazurka's uh, predictions come true? That's right. That's right. Christine, you interviewed me, didn't you? I did. Now I'm trying to remember her prediction. Madame Mazurka said this was going to be a wonderful year because people were going to be like really oh, waking out there. up. Yeah, she said waking some people are already up. in their graves, but people will be waking up. And boy, she That's, nailed it. She did. She did. Again. She was in, anyway, so we're back to the food topic. And well, if you're eating and you're healthy, and your body naturally flows into a size 16 because that's how your bones are. That's how you, you know, you have the best energy. Well, what's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. I don't care what other people think. And if you're a size 2 because you're starving yourself and you're lightheaded because you're living on grapes, 
what's right with that? <laughs> you know, if you're looking at things externally, everything is all messed up. Oh, my God, we have callers and callers and callers. So, um, anyway, so that's really the point, James, is that okay. we have got to get over listening to the sound of the world. Now, if you're a, yes. a size 16 or, or a 20, or because size 16 isn't even that large, unless you're like four foot eight, you know, if I were that size, it would be really off. I'm five foot. I'm not four foot eight, by the way. Anyway, <laughs> um, you know, if that means you're eating too much or you're unhealthy or your metabolism or you're anxious and you're eating out of anxiety, those are the problems. It's not the suit, it's not the outfit, and it's not what other people think or feel. It, this is all about living life from the inside. So I uh, think we better go because we have three callers. But if we run out, please do call back. Okay, thank you. Thanks for calling. Okay, Amy in San Diego. Hi, Beth and James. You hear me okay? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, For a while, the show cut out, so if I repeat something, let me know. Okay. Um, I've been listening to this in terms of self-acceptance, self-love, stop listening to the world, live live life from the inside, and I can see how that's all missing when I'm jealous of my niece, um, who to me seems to have everything. She's married to a guy she's crazy about. The two of them went around the world for four months. She's a smart veterinarian. She'll make lots of money. And I'm like, I'm none of those things. Um, And so I find myself being jealous, even though the term is, you know, jealousy eats you from the inside out, and I should know better. Um, And so maybe there's nothing for me to say now that you've said all these things. Well, what I said before, and I don't know if you heard that, is that, you know, the cause of jealousy is dissatisfaction with yourself or your life. And if there's something about yourself that you don't like, see if you can change it. Or if there's something about your life that you don't like, see if you can change it. But if you can't change it, then, like you said, jealousy is going to eat you up. It's not going to make your life any better. Then your job is to focus on acceptance. You know, some people are sitting around on their butts and aren't doing a darn thing to help themselves or to change their Mm -hmm. lives. All they're doing is like drooling with green envy, right? Right. So those people are never going to change And I've been that way and still am periodically. Well, I'm sure we all have our moments. But what, what I'm saying is, if you're already in action, then you need to find your satisfaction from the effort that you're making and from the strides that you take. The minute you open your eyes and start comparing, and that's just the ego thing, right? The ego always compares yeah. because, you know, as we, we all understand the ego. And by the way, those of you who have not read the handbook for the inner revolution, which is a free download on uh, our website, theinnerrevolution.org, you just go sign up for our newsletter and you get the, add the book. And if you hate the newsletter, you unsubscribe. So, you know, this is a no-lose <laughs> deal. Anyway, the early well, in the, it... Oh, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't remember if it's the... Pre- I think it's the introduction. I talk about the ego, but the ego always thrives on separation. And there is the, the issue. Now, let's look at this from another side, which is that, okay, you can what you can do for yourself is start valuing what you have and what you do. The other thing is, first of all, I am lucky. I have never met anybody who is so fortunate as your niece, who is perfect in every way, (laughs) right? And I don't even know if it's true. See, I have never met a human being who's doing that well. And I've been a counselor for 37 years. 
Okay. Right. Like you don't know their so, inside life, right? Of course one, not. One so, doesn't you know. know. You know, there's a, um, uh, an expression in the uh, 12-step programs, don't compare your insides with somebody else's outsides. So yeah. you don't know what problems she has. You don't know if she suffers from intestinal pains or her or a husband pain or whatever <laughs> right. pain. You just don't know that. So that that's really a negative and foolish thing to do, as you know, you well know Yes, that. and but, I can see the being but, jealous can take um, energy away from what I'm supposed to be doing. But that's exactly right. You're putting all this energy into being jealous instead of into improving whatever. If you think that, if, if do you want to be a veterinarian? No, but I wish I were successful at something. Well, why don't you put your energy into being better at what you do? Yep. You see, You're there it right. is. You know, if you put that energy, and you just said it, Amy, you put the energy into improving what you do do well. And yeah, then, I guess it's the ego's excuse for, well, I can't do anything because I'm not like her. Or well, I'll never be is, like that, her or that kind of stupidness. Right, you aren't. And then one more point and then we have to go because we have sure. two more callers. Uh-huh. One, uh, which is that, you know, uh, you know, I can't remember what I was just going to say. Okay, the other point I was going to make. Somebody <laughs> stole it out of my mind. Something about the oh, ego yes. probably. Oh, yes. You're not thinking from the from the perspective of the whole, which is since you don't want to be a veterinarian, if you had a sick kitty, would wouldn't you be happy that there was a veterinarian in town who was any good? Yes. So we benefit from each other's gifts, and that's where our jealousy blinds us totally. How much we need other people to be gifted at things we're not gifted in. So and we can be gifted in the things that they need. For example, I am gifted at speaking. It's easy for me. On mm-hmm. the other hand, I can't pick up a one-pound weight. So what would I do if there weren't people around who could pick up one pound or two pound or ten or a hundred? What would I do? I'd, right. I'd right? And I have so to let go of thinking I should be that because it's No, stupid. exactly. If you're thinking holistically as fr- from the perspective of the whole, then mm-hmm. everybody has a part to play and we benefit. You benefit from if there's a fantastic singer who you just get goosebumps when you listen to, be happy that this person exists so that you can listen to their music and instead of comparing yourself. Think of all the joy and benefits you're getting from people who can do what you're jealous of. And forget about the people who are doing things that you don't really care about anyway. Okay, got to go, Amy. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Thanks very much. Uh, Okay, so Helen in California. Hello. I I have a slightly different twist on something that you told me over 25 years ago. Oh, my God. And you Um, remember. And it was the first thing that popped into my mind when I heard about this show on jealousy, and it has stuck with me ever since. And that is, I was married to someone I did not love and who did not love me. And he had an affair with another woman that I found out about. And instantly, I was the other kind of jealous that you're talking about. I'm glad you're bringing up that other kind of jealous right on. I wanted to... you know, protect the relationship and, and, you know, keep him, even though I didn't want him. Right. And, you know, but the jealousy that some other woman was going to take my man just, you know, inflamed this ridiculous belief that I wanted to keep him. And you said, 
and you told me that. You said you are using jealousy to try to keep someone you don't want. You need to kiss her rear end for for taking him off your hands. And, oh, my God, it is so true, and I'm so glad I, I heard that from you and let myself hear it and let go. Oh, I'm so glad you brought up this is a whole other dimension of that other kind of jealousy. And I, I noticed that myself, which is how, how come I, know, I, I saw that that kind of thing happened. Is the, I learn almost everything that I know by watching my own pathological behavior, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that I would, uh, yeah. So yeah, you know, I would pretend I was jealous. I made myself think I was jealous because I was so disgusted with the guy uh, that I really couldn't stand him. But I, I gave myself the feeling that he was valuable because to me he really wasn't. So that was making, and you know, that is such an interesting point because you're bringing that up. So I'm wondering that if that also connects to the other kind of jealousy when we're jealous of people of things that we don't really want. Why would we actually? You know, I'm thinking about. I'm seeing like a vision is coming to me of a heavy gold bracelet. Now, I could no more pick up a heavy gold bracelet than the Eiffel Tower, right? Right. And uh, and, uh, personally, I don't get jealous about, you know, I don't want things like heavy gold bracelets anyway. But but I could see that somebody would just burden themselves with things, not just people, you know, in that human jealousy thing, but with things that they don't want or burden themselves with with the need to go working their asses off in order to buy the thing that they don't want and that they don't need. I have discovered, and I'm sure you have too in life, how many times I thought I wanted something until I got it. Yes. And then I realized just how burdensome it is. Like for people like us... You mentioned, I think, a minute ago about people wanting, you know, more and more and more. And we were... Driving, my daughter and I were driving through this neighborhood, um, and they had these big, huge mansion houses, which are gorgeous, you know, gorgeous. And and I said, you know, I wouldn't want one, yeah. even if I could afford it. I would not want one. I I don't want to have to take care of it. I don't want to have to think about yeah. it. I don't want to have to worry yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't want to have to pay the heating bill. All you, of it. You, yeah, you wouldn't want the drafts. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's also so funny about these things is sometimes people put these giant houses on a tiny piece of land. Right. And because something in them is thinks that that's more impressive right. than having a small house that suits them. I've always kind of liked small houses, and I, I keep getting stuck in big ones. <laughs> no. Because you need functionality, but there again, it's like, what yes. do you need? Exactly, and that come, and that's the same thing in a way that you were talking about about the man. Do you really need that man? Is he contributing to your life? And right. evidently, you know, that wasn't the case. No, it wasn't, and your support, even twenty-five years ago, helped me liberate myself from that ridiculous. Wow that jealousy-fueled possessiveness. So I wanted to say thank you very much. (laughs) 
Oh, thank you. And thank you for calling in today. And now I understand that Rose is on the line, ready to ask a question. And by the way, after Rose, we don't have any more uh, callers. So James might actually be able to say something. And Christine can call back or somebody else. Please call in. James, can you give us the phone number? Sure. Uh, That number to call us is 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Thank you. Okay, so Rose, you're on. I'm I'm sitting here with my dear friend, Helen, and uh, we're going to be doing an event this Sunday to support couples and singles um, to explore their bringing spirituality into their sexuality and intimacy and um, like I'm it. afraid that I'm going to have the jealous bug that day that uh, I'm going to be concerned about my performance versus Helen's performance and we both have a part to play in this and uh, we've done it before but for some reason I, I'm concerned yes so that's that's good. So you're talking about how do you deal with your jealousy of somebody else's gifts. Mm-hmm. Now, the question first that pops into my mind is, is it a gift or is it a skill? If it's a gift, give it up. If it's a skill, go to school. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That was generic. I was talking about you specifically. You know, if somebody has is just gifted in a particular way, then that's it. Like you may be gifted in, uh, you know, you may be more agile or more, um, you know, flexible. And uh, Helen might be more, uh, you know, intuitive or, or not. You know what I'm saying? So that's you. Then you have to say, why am I not satisfied with what I have? We're back again to that question of embracing our lives. Now, on the other hand, if it's a skill, if somebody, if Helen, if you think Helen is better because she's more skilled, then you look at what did she do to get this skilled, and maybe she worked at this for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, get one of those little sand things that go the, you know, those sand things yeah. that you turn upside yeah, yeah. down. Okay, I can't remember the word for that. And, uh, and see 30 years from now how you're doing. Yeah, thank you. You know, (laughs) I do. I do remind myself that whatever she does that I find so uh, wonderful, that I learn from it. You know, I can learn from. I'm I'm there to witness it. I'm there to take it in and you know uh, learn. So that that happens. I have to say. But I was giggling a moment ago when you brought up the the talent uh, or the skill thing because I have a quote back for Helen that you know probably 15 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she said to me, you know, I, I was complaining to my to my counselor at the time that I didn't think I was very smart or something like that and that she had such smarts and, and she said, you know, Rose, it was, I was just born this way. I can to, you know, being born with blue eyes or, you know, white yeah. skin or red hair. I mean, there is nothing more to it than that and that I didn't have anything that was blocking me from, you know, going as far as I could with my own capabilities and, and like that. So uh, it really helped. <laughs> That's <laughs> then wonderful. I just remember it. That's, 
That's wonderful. And, you know, this what you were saying before about watching Helen, that's exactly what I was saying about thinking of it holistically. Aren't you glad that there's somebody who's better than you at something? God, Aren't you yeah. glad that somebody knows? I mean, I wish there was somebody out there who really could fix my health. Mm-hmm. I don't care whether I could do it or not. I can't. I wish somebody knew how to fix it, right? Yeah. You know, and I know what I'm you mean. Really it's a very frustrating place to feel that you're all alone with something that can't be changed. Right, and that you don't know how to do it and nobody else does. And But, but isn't it wonderful to know that there are people in the world who can fix the potholes in the street and it doesn't have to be me? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, guys, we have a couple of more callers. Great question. Uh, great from hearing, of, uh, hearing from both of you. Thank um, you. Yes. Thank you, James. Yeah, you're welcome. Our okay. next caller is Chris from uh, Phoenix. Thanks, James. Hey, James. Hi, there. Hello, Chris in Phoenix. Hi. I'm in Phoenix today. Hi. I see that. Um, <laughs> you That's know, I was, I was listening to the other callers and, and to, to, you know, what you've been, um, the wisdom you've been sharing with us. And I know, God, I know that feeling exactly when I'm going along, everything's fine, and then something happens and I'm unhappy with myself or my life and I start to be jealous. Yes. And I'm listening to you talk about how we have to embrace our life. And maybe you could talk to us a little bit about that and give us, you know, give us some guidance and some reminders about how to do that. I'm so glad you asked that question because I thought that was kind of like a missing here, that sort of like the next step. Well, well, how do you embrace your life? Well, damned if I know. So anyway, <laughs> first you have to acknowledge that, that, well, and this is embrace your life even if you want to change it. If you don't start with the reality of what you've got going, you can never improve it. You know, if you're, so embracing your life is the perfect thing to do whether or not you're actually going to try to make changes. Now, what do I mean by that? Would you ask me what do I mean by that? What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, what I mean is that embracing my life and embracing myself are very connected, but they're not exactly the same. Let's say I was born into a very poor family and I wasn't given a lot of opportunities that somebody else was given, or I was born into a family where everybody has crooked teeth. And I got the crooked teeth, too. And, you know, the person next door wasn't born with crooked teeth and all that. So that's kind of a way in which the embracing our life and embracing ourselves, you know, with the crooked teeth kind of kind of coincide. But there is, if I am going to fix my teeth when I have an opportunity to, if I ever do, I have to acknowledge that my teeth are crooked. But how many of us are just walking around being jealous, but aren't actually looking deeply, and of course that's a a very superficial example, but aren't looking deeply into what is it that we're dissatisfied with? Is it that that we are dissatisfied with something that is intrinsic to us that we cannot change? Is it something that is something that could be done something about that we can change? But no matter what we do, we have to just sort of stop and take stock. Okay, what are my strengths and weaknesses? Sort of sounds like a resume. You know, you go into a job interview. But, of course, it's much deeper than that. It's like, okay, I have a weakness. One of my weaknesses is that I tend to be jealous. Mm 
or envious of other people. And that is, and then I look at that and I say, well, what damage is that causing? Is it really causing any damage? And uh, some things that we get all bent out of shape about are really causing no damage whatsoever. Oh, I was born with red hair or, you know, boring brown eyes or whatever it is. It's like, yes, and is there an issue here? What is the issue? Uh, Oh, well, when I was a little girl, I saw this, you know, beautiful actress and she had blue eyes. And I've wanted blue eyes ever since I even I'm willing to put colored contact lenses on, which is a terrible thing to do to yourself, you know, emotionally and, and physically. There is no damage to having brown eyes. And sometimes there is no damage to having crooked teeth and sometimes there is. So you have to get honest, but being jealous, whoa, that's very damaging. So you look at that and you say, I don't like that about myself. And that is causing damage. And you look at the damage that it causes. And then you say, what can I do to end this? And so then you, if, if it's the jealousy issue, then you start looking at, well, what exactly am I dissatisfied with? And why am I dis- dissatisfied? Maybe I'm not dissatisfied with things in my life, but uh, there is some other reason that I'm judging it badly. Let's say, for example... You know, we were talking about being agile versus being smart. L- let's say you feel like, oh, you should be smart and you are you don't even value the fact that you're agile. Well, maybe that's because you grew up in a family where smart was valued more than agile. And so what you're really looking for is not smart, but you're looking for approval and validation. So if what you're, you, you know, you, what I'm saying, you're like tracking it down. What is it that I'm jealous about? What is it? Is it really something negative? Is it really something damaging? Where did I get the idea that it's a bad thing? And and oh, is it if it's changeable? Can I change it? Uh, did I get the idea it was a bad thing from the kids who used to make fun of me because I was a redhead or because my hair was kinky like mine or whatever it is? Where did that judgment come from? If I can see that that judgment is nonsense, is just you know, whatever was the mode of the day or in fashion or in vogue, then I can just look at that and say, I don't have to buy into that. We have release processes. I release the need to have, you know, blue eyes, whatever. That's all in the handbook for the inner revolution, which is a free download on our website in the tools. And you start looking underneath and underneath and underneath. But if it's, and if you're agile and somebody else is smarter, and you're more agile. Well, of course, you're going to lose your agility as you age, but they, they might lose some of their smarts too. But anyway, where did you get the idea that smart was better than agile? It had to have come from somewhere. We're not born with, as infants, oh, smart is better than agile. You know, Because people who are agile can do things that people who are smart can't do and vice versa. Again, you come back to the whole. And so you start like being a detective and tracking this stuff down until you get to where it all started, how real is it? Is it really impacting my life? If it is impacting my life or the lives of other people, what can I do about it? If I can do nothing about it, I just have to say, these are the cards that I was dealt. You know, there's nothing that I can do about it, but I can refocus on what I'm good at. So there's always something you can do. 
you can either improve in the arenas like, okay, maybe I'm not agile. Maybe I could exercise a little bit and get a little bit more agile. Or maybe I could uh, start training my brain a little bit more or using the mind that I have to sort of exercise my brain. Okay, Or maybe I can't do any of those things, but maybe what I can do is find something about me that I really value. And you have to be willing to let go of what everybody else thinks or what the fashion of the day is. You know, there was a time when Twiggy was considered to be like a role model for girls and she was like this very, very underweight thing, a creature. And, you know, if that was the standard, then everybody was overweight, right? Uh, you know, it was is that just some fashion? Is it human consciousness that's making this uh, a big deal? Or is it something that is real, and that is really hurting me or other people. And then how can I get the support to try to overcome it? And if I cannot, what is it that I can love in myself? And that's embracing yourself and embracing your life. I hope that was enough, uh, Chris, because we've got a couple more calls. Thank you. Thank you. Thank hey, you. Beth, I, yeah. Yes. Hey, Beth, I'd like to add another follow-up uh, yes. point here, and that's this. Uh, I've thought about Hillary Clinton and what she must be feeling, the jealousy she must be feeling that Trump took the presidency. Yeah. And, and when you say focus on what you're good at, everybody has said that she's ex- excellent at, as a, in governance. And so, but that pathway has been blocked for her. So uh, it occurred to me that perhaps what she needs to focus on now is, well, maybe there's some good that will come of this. What is for the highest good ultimately? This yeah. is a big wake-up call. People are getting more active. Exactly. And so so there's another resource there, which is what's for the highest good of all, even if it's something I'm even better at than the guy who took the, th- took the job, but that uh, there's a higher purpose. Well, and, you know, if Hillary had been elected, she would have been blocked by an all-Republican Congress. She could be sitting back there and saying, oh, my God. Thank God I lost. You know, there's <laughs> there's always another way. And what what is it that she could contribute? Uh, that she is, you know, that would. That, but I, you know, I agree with it. What could she contribute now? If we could all do that, what is our contribution rather than what do I want? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because all jealousy is about I want rather than shifting our consciousness into I contribute. So we have two more calls left, Christine okay. and Erica. Let's go to Erica because we haven't heard from her. And then we can welcome Christine to, in the end to wrap it up. Erica. Er- Erica. Hi. Hey, hi. Uh, hi. I just got so much from just listening to what you were saying just now. Thank you, Chris, for asking that. And I, I feel really supported by just the whole idea that these mental constructs are mine, you know, believing that if I can't get past it by myself, there's something wrong with me, and yes. I'm hopeless. You know, my yes. whole block seems to be about, I need help. I can't do this by myself. And <laughs> to just admit, just admit that, oh, my yeah. gosh, I think the world was going to cave in. So getting over myself, getting past myself, and, and just realizing, hey, I am just one of many. And and perhaps by getting help, I can offer help and all of this. But um, thank you so much for just bringing this topic today because I live in lots of jealousy and it's just a matter of which way do I want to block myself today? 
I love what you're saying, Erica. What you know, you're you're summarizing so many of the points in such a, an important personal way that we can really feel it. It's you know how important is that? Uh, why can't I see? Why would I have to be good at everything? You're bringing up such an important one. I have to be good at everything so that I can be self-sufficient and so that I can order other people around and not be in that that powerless position. And why are we so afraid of not being one up on everybody? It's like, oh, I'm not in the power position, so I'm going to be exploited. I mean, let's put our energy into not only helping ourselves, which is what we've been talking about, not only are we asking ourselves to look honestly at the things that we want and do we even want them. Secondly, why do we want them and where did that want come from? And then third, uh, I can't remember the third. Oh, my God. You see, as you age, your brain begins to deteriorate or it's the topic is really blocked. But why do I have to have this anyway? You know, what is that? Why isn't it okay for me, for somebody else to know to be a better tennis player or to be smarter or to it's just what you're saying. It's like feeling our, our, our fear of being a part of the a whole and needing help is like, I can feel that fear in the throat. It's like, you're afraid that your jugular uh, vein is going to be ripped out of your neck. And, uh, you know, it's terrible. So it's not just that we, have to look honestly at ourselves as individuals, but we need to be looking honestly at ourselves as a collective. What does our collective need and what can I give and contribute that is part of what the collective needs? And if you're, you know, one of those people who can crochet beautiful baby caps for preemies, right on. You know, that's something that is needed. Let's do it. Uh, Whether you're becoming more impaired cognitively or physically or whatever, there's always something that you can come up with or you can just be understanding and hold someone's hand when we stop thinking totally from the ego perspective and start thinking of the whole. Then we start getting real about what our world needs and what do we need in order to fulfill that job that is ours. Do I need the big house or do I need the small one? You know, do I need this or do I need that? And if I really need it, you know, ask the universe to help to provide it. And for the rest of it is all ego. So thank you so much for that great question and comment. And we will now transition back to Christine, who did call us back. Thank you, Erica. Christine, are you there? Oh, now I'm here. I started talking without being on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We often do that. We talk without being on a lot. (laughs) I have a couple things that I think um, relate back to what you were saying. One is that I have been jealous of your ability to kind of know who you are and what you need. And the good thing is you can teach me how to do that for myself. Yes. So I've been smart about getting supervision from you. Yes. I think that's been the good part of that because yes. then since you have that ability, you can teach me how to do that. Exactly. To the best of your ability. To the best of my ability. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that, I, it, that's wonderful. It definitely has been the case. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. 
And so then this the is other really piece, seeing the value of what other people give to our lives. Not only do we, when we see, think holistically, do we see what we can contribute, but oh my God, I'm so grateful for the talents of other people when I'm not being a horse's ass. Right. Right. Yes. Um, it gives me, well, and not just instruction, but, you know, inspiration also. Aww. And um, the other piece is, um, I think, more of like the mischief that you've been talking about, because I feel like I've been jealous of, um, of um, that other people have lots of free time, and I can't even really specify anyone, because that would probably <laughs> um, ruin this thing, because it would be in reality, and nobody's just sitting but- around saying, I have lots of free time, Right. Right, um, unless they're in a nursing home and you don't really envy them, do you? No, I don't envy that. So I think there are sometimes things we become jealous of that aren't real. Oh, and, definitely. Um, and if I look at it, you know, I work a lot, but I like the work that I do. And yes. it makes good use of my abilities and more and more. And the more support I've been getting and supervision, the more I enjoy it and the mm-hmm. more it's become a fit. So I just thought I would point that out, too, because I just notice these floating feelings and thoughts, you know, that'll come about like, oh, I wish, you know, I had lots of free time like other people do. Right, exactly. Well, that that's so much like Amy's example of mm-hmm. this person who she thinks has a perfect life. Right. Uh, and she's looking from the outside. I, I'm so with you. You know, I I feel so grateful there are people in this world who are working two and three jobs and then coming home and cleaning their own houses. Right. And with aching backs. Yeah. And I think about my life and with all the problems that I have, it could be a lot worse. Yeah, and, me you too. know, as we embrace our lives, mm-hmm. you know, we can also be grateful because what you do for a living pays you well so that you can actually enjoy time. You know, you can go get a chiropractor adjustment or acupuncture, whatever it is that you need to de-stress right. yourself. Where And, you know, so many people in our world are suffering just miserably and yeah. have very little. But thank God, sometimes they there's love in their lives that will help them. So I, I love what you're saying. And this comes back to, and I'm just going to uh, sort of wrap it up with this, which is that when we look at our lives and we look at our our world and we can see what is wonderful about it and when we can see what is wonderful about ourselves then the jealousy falls away of itself mm-hmm. and when we are engaged in our lives we don't have time for jealousy mm-hmm. it's true and I'm serious about it. I mean, mm-hmm. being engaged in whatever you're doing, whether it's work or play or music or art or whatever it is, mm-hmm. or, or cleaning bathrooms, if that's something you feel a passion for, mm-hmm. it's like the engagement uses up the time and takes away the opportunity for the ego mischief because we, it would be wonderful if we could come to realize how much our lives do suit us. That would be a blessing. So thank you for your calls, and uh, let's move on to James, and he can tell us what we're doing next week. Yes, indeed. Next week's topic, what comes after the Women's March on Washington? If you're fired up to make a difference, but don't know how, listen as guest Beth Green, founder of the Interrevolution.org. That's me! 
talks about how we can all make a real difference in the world, starting with ourselves. Author of the new little powerhouse book, The Handbook of the Inner Revolution, Beth will tell host Helen Helix how we can fight for oneness, accountability, and mutual support. She will address the rumors of infighting in the Women's March on Washington and what makes this such a common occurrence in even the most well-meaning movements and what we need to do to overcome all this divisiveness in our movements, our political parties, and our homes. Sound like magical thinking? Well, it's not. Beth has down-to-earth practical guidance for every listener. You'll be inspired by her original thinking, her brilliance, and her humor. Oh, I love it! I love it! I didn't write this, you know. That's you, Beth. Brilliant and humorous. (laughs) And you will take away the feeling that you really can do something after all, besides being frightened or angry. So join us and call in with your questions for Beth. And now for a final word from Beth. Well, I'm looking forward to coming back next week and being interviewed by Helen. Uh, That's going to be so much fun. And thank you, James, for co-hosting with me today. And what I would like to say as we come to the end of this, you know, jealousy is in the movement some of that divisiveness is us being jealous of each other's influence and uh, or that this one has the stage or this one has the radio show or this one has this or this one has that so it's not only do we have differences with people on political views and all that stuff which we're going to address but jealousy plays its role in every organization where people are and if we don't get a grip on our jealousy we are not getting a grip on how we're going to make the inner revolution because we're going to have to come together. We're going to have to find our oneness and we're going to have to work synergistically instead of trying to kill each other because we're jealous. So let's take today as the beginning of a new era and let's have fun with our lives and try to enjoy them and embrace them as much as possible. God bless and see you next week. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Inner Revolutionary Radio with Beth Green and James Maynard. The next episode will broadcast live next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And don't forget Inner Revolutionary TV on voiceamerica.tv. Think outside the box and join us.